This episode of the Boz and Bovril podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumours TV YouTube channel. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hello and welcome to episode 53 of Celtic Rumors TV. The Balls and Bobbitt podcast with your host Mark and myself Paul. Join us tonight. We have Michael, that's uh, Michael Dundee from a forum where Celtic fans discuss everything Celtic. That's celticrumors.co.uk. Tonight, talking uh, about former Celtic player and fans' favourite Jackie McNamara. And Jackie McNamara will be also join us on the podcast later tonight. So, uh, I'll, Mikey, will you tell him, Mikey, yeah? Guys. Perfect. I just walk away there. So. Jackie McNamara started his professional career at Dunford in 1991. Jackie signed for Celtic in 1995 and would have gone spent 10 years at Celtic. During his 10 years at Celtic, Jackie made 256 appearances, scoring 10 goals, went in the Scottish Premier League four times, the Scottish Cup three times and the Scottish Cup three times. In 1996, Jackie was named Scotland's Young Player of the Year. In 1998, Jackie was named Scotland's Player of the Year by his fellow professionals in the sport. In 2003-2004 season, Jackie beat off competition from his fellow teammates Henrik Larsson and Chris Sutton to become the SFWA Footballer of the Year. In 2004-2005, Jackie was given the captain's armband due to injury picked up by Celtic captain Paul Lambert, and and for his and for his to his for his reward to his loyalty at the club for for for, for ten years, Celtic played a test Miola game against Republic of Ireland to show Jackie how much he meant to the club and how much he went on to how much he meant to Celtic fans. Celtic's new manager in 2005, Gordon Strachan, wanted Jackie McNamara to sign a new contract and to stay at the club. But due to the club's board being too slow in getting Jackie's contract sorted, Jackie already signed for English outfit Wolverhampton Rollers and bringing his Celtic career sadly to an end in 2005. As before we get Jackie on, like Mike, I know he's a... Uh, one of our favourite players going up like so you're quite delighted to have Jackie on with us tonight, aren't you? Yeah, I can hear you now, yeah. Can you hear Mark? No, I think you're still quiet to me, Paul. Yeah. I've not changed anything a lot, everything. No, that's a bit better now, Mikey. That's a bit better. Um, 
Yeah, like you say, I've had my few my start my first season ticket was in nineteen ninety nine, two thousand season. So I see the many jobs in prime itself, so to get them actually on the podcast is it's it is Mac, he's like Jackie McNamara, like he was he, he I watched him growing up as a as a young child, like Jackie was but he's a cult hero, Mac, between the fans, the players, he was afraid of it most Kind of every Celtic supporter, wasn't he? Oh, hundred percent. He's a legend for me, Paul. Mm-hmm. Good to have Jackie McNamara doing as a Celtic legend. Without mm-hmm. I mean, I, uh, I don't have him in my team. All, my favourite Celtic team all the time. Mind we done that episode a while back. Mhm. We did. We did. I mean, first of all, big. A huge, huge thanks to John, United Ireland, on the forum. It was him that set all this up, so it, it wouldn't be happening without him, but so I, I owe him a big debt of gratitude for that, so thanks very much, John. I don't know if he's tuned in or no. But I know Mike, Mikey's a bit of a fanboy, I think he's a bit... He's a bit yeah. Thank you for getting nervous than I am. <laughs> like I, I even managed to get away from work early to make sure he was back on time. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you're sitting there and you've I, shaved in that. <laughs> it is like you know, you know, we're we're grown men now. We're grown men now, you know. And like I remember the same thing as Michael's had off hair off Mikey's age. Like, but I remember growing up like in 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 the early 2000s and the 90s watching Jack Demare and to have this opportunity to to talk to Jack Demare. Like, it's it's a it's a special day for me and it's a special day for you, Mark. And it's a special day for for. For Michael as well, you know, that we're able to sit down, talk to, as, as you said, Mark, a Celtic legend, and, you know, share his experience that he had with Celtic, share our experience that we had watched him with Celtic. You know, it's uh, it's it's overjoy, uh, you know, that, that kind of thing, you know? I totally agree with you, Paul. It's, it's good for the podcast as well. I mean, I've got... I've, I'm not even getting on about subscribers or that tonight. I'm just, but I mean, it's got out. It shows that we're doing something right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do you want to bring him on, Sir so, Max? I'm a bit early, Paul. It's only 27. I'll head myself, but I'm ahead of myself. I'll be good to actually speak to someone that was a, a big part just, of it. That's it, you know, like, 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 what we do, we'll we go through the different topics, really, we'll get his opinion yeah. and then. Yourself and Mark, then Mikey can can ask him questions on doors, you know. But it, 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 what Michael said, Emma, it's good to talk to someone who's been there and who's done that, you know, to give us an actually insight into the club as a player. And I'm sure Jackie still has numerous contacts within the club. Look, he's been a, he's been a manager at, at Dundee United. Was it Dundee United? Yes, Dundee United. United in uh, York. York it was done in England. Yeah. You know, but he's he's been around, he's done that. He like he's done everything in football, he's international international career for Scotland, like the World Cup in France what, France that ninety eight, was it over there and that? I mean he's you know, played in Sabal, he's played a European final, he's played he's won leagues, he's won cups and Ten years as a Celtic player, as I say, is just he's a he's a legend as much. as yeah. Other people yeah. don't kind of get that that kind of level of recognition about it. Yeah, 
I don't know how many people actually spent ten years at Celtic, but there's gonna be many. No, just not. No, just not. Like it's like himself, Scott. No, maybe James Forrest. No, I think might be another one. Do you know, of all generations, Andrew might be. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, you think back to just the players that have had testimonials. Paul, yeah, Paul McStay, Peter Grant, Hacky Bonner, Hacky Bonner, Jackie, eh, uh, Scott Brown, Scott Brown said one. Is there any oh. in recent years that testimony? No, no, not that I can remember. And so what, I, you know what it is between Celtic and testimony? It's actually always against the Republic of Ireland. <laughs> well, it's usually... Hacky Barnes was against the Republic of Ireland, you know? Man United, if they can fit that into the calendar as well, isn't it? It's all mm-hmm. getting involved. Quite ironic as well. I'm just looking, obviously, his playing career, just to refresh myself. And I've seen that in 2008. For two seasons, he played for Falkirk, which is ironic considering what they did for me this year regarding the charity football match. Oh, mm-hmm. I, I, I wouldn't have known that, Mike. He played with Falkirk. I thought he still played right away after Wolves. No, he went to Aberdeen for. No, he would a few. He'd a few kind of kind of like, kind of uh, half seasons and loans and stuff like that, weren't it? Yeah, yeah. So the fact that he for Falkirk for two years, that's kind of ironic as well. <laughs> You know, like he's he's had amazing career, like not just in Scotland, like but Wolves is a big club as well down in down in England. I know they went doing the championship, but but Wolves are still one of the still the biggest clubs mark in, in England as well. Wolves are a kind of sleeping giant, don't well. Yeah, they're like a family kind of club mark or something, aren't they? There's something about Wolves, you know, they're they're more of a kind of. Um, like a, what you say, kind of a, a family oriented club. Like I say, my my dad's friend, no, like he's a Wolves fan, mm-hmm. and the way he talks about Wolves, like you know, that he does you think that they're bigger than what they should be. Younger, Wolves were kind of a top team, Paul. Yeah, yeah. And again, I'm getting my age away, you know what I mean? But uh, Wolves were a top team, and again, it's a bit like Leeds. They went down and kind of just struggled to get back on up to the kind of level, the, the top division in England. But Wolves are a massive club. I used to work with a wee guy. He was actually a, a West Brom supporter. And he used to tell me that, that, that he's even the rivalry in the, that, in the, the actual in the city. Although it wasn't the kind of bitterness we've got in Glasgow, but it was that kind of intense rivalry down in the, what is it, the black country they call it, isn't it, doing that neck of the mm-hmm. Mhm. You know, Mikey, I, I, I think uh, you, you, you'd be a bit shell shocked. I say when Jackie comes on. I think well, yeah, when you know, because I know you, you spoke about him a lot on the podcast, and us how you said he was your favourite player numerous of times with us when you I were growing to, up. I used, like I used to annoy my dad because obviously with Larson and Marafchek and players like that and. Obviously, when you're younger, you used to get names on the back of the top. And it used to annoy my dad as well, because Mark Namara was that yeah, one as well. Yeah, there's money left. Yeah, there's money left. You know, but just what Mikey said, eh, Mark? Like Jan Venegar then, wouldn't it, Mike? I know, yeah. yeah. <laughs> there'd just been Jan. Yeah. You look what Mikey was saying there. Like, Mikey there was, was naming out players like Maracek, Larson, Sutton, Hartson. Bobo Balde, he played with Boris. The players that, yeah, look at the players. Other Paul, and he held his end with them. Yeah, yeah, and he and he and he was still the established right back at the club, considering what we had there, and looking to where the club is now, Mark, that we haven't had 
a settled right back only for Janovic and Harrison this season. When have Celtic bar looks to had a settled right back? We we haven't really, Mark, have we? No. You know? To be honest with you, Paul, I'm not and I'm not just saying it because he like he's coming on or anything like that. But see if you look back, I mean for me it's not many get better than that. No, there isn't Paul, but even down to people like Kieran Tierney that played for the first team for so many but Jackie McNamara was here for ten years. Ten years, uh, ten years, you know, and for the Margaret and even even back then it it was kind of uncalled for Mark for a player to stay in the club ten years even back then because he was going into the early two thousands. You know, and the only reason he left really is because the board again they were too slow in offering him a contract, and and that's why he he decided to do it already because uh, Gordon Schlager wanted him to stay because of the experience and stuff like that. Like you know, why wouldn't you want Jackie Mark? Why why wouldn't you want to keep Jackie Mark? You know what I mean? Well, that's again, Paul. Come back to what we spoke about. There's been a pro- that shows you kind of who was a problem it was. Yeah, Strang was here. It was non-football people making football decisions. If the manager wants a player to stay, that should be the main... Be the main yeah. Crazy, crazy money, that should be the main, the main exactly. specification, stipulation, or whatever you call it. You know, but it's true what you said, Mark, it's going down again, like, why we have lost kind of so many big players or players who are were loyal to the club over, over the years and don't you as non-football people making non-football football decisions like you know what I mean but that's the biggest problem with Celtic at the moment and we'll maybe get Jackie's opinion on that when we're talking about uh, the the club Mark this, we're going to talk about when he started his career uh, who, the players he played with uh, the best players he played with we're we'll talking about the, the current club now Mark where we are and what does he think of that how does he think the club scores we'll, we'll get his opinion on uh, on everything you know because I think uh, Jackie would kind of have a nice um, scenario, Mark, where he thinks the club is going or the way and just go. Does he actually think we're we're strong enough? You know, does he think we're too light? You know, we'll find a way to take on what's going on as well. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's nearly seven o'clock, Mark. Do you want to bring him on? I'm just going to message him see if he's ready. Jackie, there. Hello, how you doing? All right. You don't, you need, put, okay? you don't need to put your camera on. We've, it's just audio only, Jack. Oh, all right. As much as we love seeing you, Jackie. <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> thanks, thanks very much for coming on, Jackie. Uh, I'm Mark. Listen. The Irish voice is uh, Paul. and other Scottish guys, Mikey. We're, we're not going to barge you with questions. Don't worry about it. Just uh-huh. no problem. Very much for coming on. Pleasure. Jack, I think before we start, myself, Mark and me, what, what wanted to ask you, uh, how's your health and, and how are you feeling yourself these days? Yeah, I'm good, mate. Um, That's well, good. That's good. Gradually getting getting back to normal. 
as as I can. <laughs> yeah, I uh, it's been uh, uh, I definitely a lot a lot better than was at this time last year anyway. So getting better. That's the that's the main thing. Uh, uh, Jackie, in 1995, uh, uh, when you first uh, signed for Celtic and you stood out in Celtic Park, uh, what was it like? What was the feeling uh, as a young lad going out to Parkhead uh, all those years ago, if you can remember us? Or... Yeah, um, no, it was it was brilliant. I mean, uh, when I went through to sign with my dad and Tommy Burns met me and it took me up to the to the director's box bit, and it, back then it was just the the main stand, and then across the other side it was corner flag to corner flag, you know the stadium, mm-hmm. and uh, it explained obviously what uh, what the stadium was going to be like and how the the club was was changing at this point, and you know the fans coming back. I think the capacity was just around about twenty uh, odd, just under thirty maybe. Uh, and you know, he, he said about what the capacity was going to be, and the fans are coming back, and all the season books that have been bought so far. You know that season, and yeah, and everything that he said is it, it came true. To be honest, so um, what he sold to me, uh, for me personally, yeah, I was absolutely buzzing, I'm so nervous going through, but I was so happy to to sign the club and you know play under Tommy to start. Mm-hmm. I think that's um, what you said there, like. Tommy Bonds, he was he was such a great uh, Celtic manager as well, and player legend. Like uh, he was great with young players as well, Jackie, wasn't he? Tommy Bonds, wasn't he? he? Was great in helping young players with their careers and stuff as well, wasn't he? Yeah, I mean Tommy was was great with, with every aspect, you know, on and off the park. Um, you know, speak about that and my book and stuff, like how he helped me, and my wife. We had some we had some issues, personal issues, you know, with trying to have children and. Tommy, Tommy was there for us at the start, and him and his wife Rosemary were fantastic for, for me and my wife. Played a, mm-hmm. a big part in your life all together when you're a young man, Jackie. Yeah, yeah, I think that's the best way. He, he was such a big influence, sort of on and off the pitch, you know. And um, I think uh, you know, I think you speak to ex-players and different people that um, come in contact with Tommy, and you realise how how highly regarded and how not just about the football side but the human side you know mm-hmm. he's just a, a, a fantastic uh, person Mikey do you want to come in there are you alright just uh, like what you're saying about like, Tommy Burns you've never ever heard anybody ever have a bad word to say about the guy and like I said how welcome he made him all you hear from every player that he's like been under or it's always about how welcome and the things he goes out, like even Paolo De Carneo still talks about him to this day as well, how welcome and he made him in Glasgow and that. And like I said, it's, it's just a shame obviously what happened in that, but it's just, like I say, like, you've never heard anybody ever say any bad words about the guy. It's always been positive. Mm-hmm. Jackie, 10 years has been been the last, like you, you kind of don't see it though in the modern football and. Ten years being a Celtic, and you play with some great players who were part of some great teams. Was there any player within Celtic that really stood out to you over the years? Yeah, obviously, like you said, in my ten years, I was very fortunate with the the guys I played with. You know, um, starting off with guys like Paul McStay, Van Hooydonk, Kadetti, Kadani, Paul De Canio. 
you know, then watching Henrik come in in 97, 98 season and, and watch him go, you know, the chance to play with Henrik and to get Maravchuk. So, you know, my top my top three players, obviously, Henrik would be the number one with Lugo Maravchuk, number two, and Paul McStay, who was incredible as well. Uh, you know, that was my top three players there that I played with. Don't think Simon Dorn will be happy with that, Jackie, will he? I think Simon would agree anyway. I think um, Simon and me had a great um, relationship when we played, a good understanding, you know, but I mean, you know, we both can look at that and these guys were different, different level from us. But what about who you played against? Who, who was the, who would, did you, who really impressed you played against? Even with this Celtic or Scotland? Um, against would be obviously domestically would be uh, probably Loudrop uh, mm-hmm. against Rangers I thought he, he was a, a top player you know he was quick actually quicker with the ball at his feet and he was chasing it um, uh, you know European wise uh, Ludovic Julie probably gave him the hardest game as a Celtic player at Celtic Park when they played Barcelona and when probably Mark Overmars played against him with Holland, and he was he was good as well. You know, two footed and quick, low centre of gravity, difficult to you know to show him a, a side because he could go in inside or outside of you. Wow, so, so like naming players there like that 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 you played against there like is it's unbelievable. Like, yeah, fancy football for us like playing FIFA, Jackie for us, you know. Like, <laughs> But but fair, fair just like you know over ten years, Jack, like you've been most mostly the the established right back. Like was was that due to to your commitment and and your your will and and stuff like that? That you kept going, you kept going, you kept improving, you kept improving. Uh... Yeah, I think in, in my ten years, I had six six different managers. You no, know, starting mm-hmm. Tommy, Tommy, then with Van Janssen, um so obviously when Tommy signed me, who was a predominantly was a right back, um, then Bim came in after Tommy, then him wanted his full back to, to defend and not get forward, which kind of killed me a little bit because that was my game, was bombing forward. So Vim eventually put myself out of the team and came in. Um, the year we stopped 10 in a row and I played further up the pitch in front of Tom Boyd. Um, you know, in a big season, the players play the year and um, then it was Dr Joe which was kind of right back right wing back and then John Barnes which was right back and then Martin was wing back as well then left back then midfield then all over with Martin but you know it was again it was just trying to when new managers come in you're trying to win them all over again you know start yeah it's like starting from scratch again isn't it yeah starting from the from the start yeah. right but I think one thing, Mark, we can agree that what, what, what we could do now within a club is that Jackie could cross the ball, you know? Would you say, Jackie, that you named out some of the managers there that, that you spoke about, would Tommy Barnes be the most, uh, one of them all who had the most influence as a player? Tommy Barnes, or was there most who got older would... that helped you? Yeah, Tommy was the biggest influence sort of on and off the park. Mark O'Neill was obviously the most successful in my time there, you know, in my 10 years. Martin brought some quality players as well into the club. Um, not just good players, but you know, strong characters. You know, uh, Chris Sutton, Alan Thompson was a fantastic signing. John Hartson, 
Neil Lennon, um, you know, Yosel uh, Haran, Bobo Baldi, there's a lot of guys in there that he brought in to, uh, you know, really take the dressing room on as well, as well as on the pitch. Mm-hmm. And the, the, the trophies you won, Jack, you won, you won the Premier League, I think, was it four times, and, and Scottish Cup and League Cup three times each? Was there any yeah. special one for you that stood out for you? Or? Um, I mean the Scottish Cup when I scored in the, the final against Tibbs because mm-hmm. you know that was a, a, a team that when I was a young kid I, I was training with and they let me go so it was a wee bit um, especially to get one up against them yeah yeah it was a wee bit of history there and you know uh, to, to come on and I always seemed to do well against Tibbs in my playing career and um, you know maybe just that extra little bit of uh, you know okay. determination <laughs> to prove them wrong <laughs> I think I've done that. I think you definitely proved them wrong, anyway, Jackie. That's what you did. Proved your doubters wrong, Jackie, definitely. You know, to, to, to be at Celtic for 10 years, and myself and Mark and Mickey were just talking before you came on, like, like not only were you a fan favourite, like, but in our eyes, like, you, you were a legend, Jackie, in our eyes, and for us to have you on here, like, we're, we're kind of gobsmacked or starstruck, whatever you call it, you know? I hope, Mickey, I don't know if Mickey's still there. I'm still there. Personally, <laughs> but I'm because he obviously named top three players, and obviously any of my favourites was Marafchik. When he signed Jockey, did you have any idea who he was at all? No, 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 never, never uh, didn't know anything about Lugo. Um, you know, and then again, you go into his first training sessions, and then you see him like close up. You're like, Jesus, guys. Incredible, <laughs> his ability. Even when you're tell right away that he was different. Yeah, yeah. Just you couldn't tell which which foot he was. You know which foot was stronger, the power he had in both feet. And it's not like when you hear other people talking. You know when they played in um, Ryan Giggs testimonial uh, down in Old Trafford, uh, Cantona and, uh, was playing in that match as well. You know, and one of the young kids, it was Liam Miller, God rest him, had asked mm-hmm. to swap, swap strips with Cantona. And Cantona said, no, I want my Ravchick strip. You know, wow. Because, so we, we obviously didn't know, but I mean, the guys in France, Lubo was very highly regarded, you know, with Zidane talking about him as well. And uh, Cantona, you know, they knew how technically gifted and what a wonderful footballer Lubo was. again. It was the game against Juventus, the 4-3 game. And I remember Pavel Nedved said after the game that he's one of the best players he's ever played against. So that's mm-hmm. saying something that's coming to guys like him. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, just he's, the way he could move the ball from side to side as well. You know, when you're, if you're doing 1v1s with him at training, he, the way he pushed the ball away from you, he couldn't get close to it, he could lock it. Um, you know, it's even though he's an early 30-year-old, you know, he was in his 30s. Yeah, yeah. He was uh, quality. Jackie, of course, you had your own, your, your own, your own testimony with Celtic uh, after 10 years of sauce and stuff like that. What was it like to leave? I know you you, you moved on to, to Wolves and I, I was reading, doing a bit of background in the years before you came on and... Was that down to the board coming back to too slow? Did giving you because I know Gordon Strachan wanted you to stay himself, you know? Um, yeah, I mean, I, in all honesty, I don't, I don't really know. Um, from my side, you know, with it, with it being named, being too slow, or not really wanting me. 
it, it was either one or other because you know I wasn't difficult to deal with um, and waited and mm-hmm. try and get it sorted out. So you know they did. Um, I actually saw him, saw Gordon a few times recently, and he said I was quite angry about it at the start when I first left the club, how it was handled and how it was put across that as if we had a deal done and stuff, which wasn't the case. You know, um, I actually went down to to Wales for less money, but it was more the principle at the time. Um, yeah, exactly. By, by, by getting wanted by the club and sorting that out in time, you know, and I just had a, my third child uh, on the 17th of June, I think, for Wales on the 14th of June, which, you know, being out of contract, it should have been sorted out months before that, not days. Uh, mm-hmm. so, I, I, you know, I, that just showed you how kind of out of touch even back then the Celtic board were we like dealing with players in that Jackie and it's kind of been a thing that's going on for the club for as long as I can even remember supporting them just the way players yeah. just seem to get treated as if they're just commodities that you can move on I mean after getting the club 10 years of service you, do, you deserve to be treated better, better than that and I know I speaking for myself and I know my pals in that at the time a lot of us were pretty angry about it the way you, you had left Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was uh, disappointed myself, but I mean, I think time time is a heal of that one, and you know, I've been in the management myself afterwards, and you know, uh, and looked at the other side of football, and it is a business, unfortunately, and yeah. you are a piece as a player, you are a piece of meat. While you're what, and what was that like, Jackie? Like, like you played the game, and you were the one like receiving the instructions and, and, and then you were the one like giving the instructions and stuff like that. Did you have to change the way you approach the game or the hands of players and stuff? To be honest, I think, you know, I think now the, the game has changed so much. You know, um, back then the manager had all the power mm-hmm. for the players and the respect from the players. Now it's like, it's totally... Yeah, play a power kind of thing, Jack. You know, with the players, players yeah. power. Yeah, you can have a bad month and you've you've not got any power. You're fighting for your job. You know, and yeah. if they want you a couple of results, and you know, with the players now, it's 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 very difficult. Yeah, for some of them to motivate them. You know, and I think you've seen that in in Tracy's last year, the the way the season went. You know, I think Neil was quoted quite a few times about. You know, players not wanting to be there and different things, and players not coming back fit. Uh, you know, it is difficult to manage at times. It, it does, and it, it puts a whole um, negativity as well, Jackie, around the club. Like, if you, if you have like a group of players who aren't kind of committed to the club, like it does, it it, it, it would affect the dressing room as, as well, Jackie. Would it? And from the manager's point of view, then trying to fix it, then like you have two separate groups in the the dressing room. Yeah, and obviously he's he's got to be careful as well, which you you know in terms of not losing the players. Yeah, uh, yeah. You know, in the press, um, you know, when the press are asking him questions or doing things like, and he's protecting them. You know, it's it's difficult because you know you can he needs some he needs the players to turn up and perform and and do well for him, but at the same time he needs that commitment and. You know the respect back. I, I kept mentioning last year, Jackie, when we were on here morning about the performances of the team and that. I, mm-hmm. For me, you've got to have a certain amount of like professional pride. Yeah, 
even if you don't yeah. want to be at a club playing football, but see, when the, win- the transfer window's closed, you know you're, you're going to be there for the next six months. So you're in professional pride and pride in your job. To get a, even for the fans and things like that, you should be there getting 100% no matter what. I totally agree. I think, um, you know, I think it was quoted last year saying that, you know, the, the, the players there, especially after the first lockdown, you know, after the first lockdown, it was giving the players a little indication what it feels like to be retired, if you like, because you can't turn up, go to training every day. You're suddenly, you know, as a professional footballer, you have a routine. Mm-hmm. And for that, and for that duration of your of your um, career, you know, you're sacrificing uh, nights out, weddings, stags, you know, group your pals, golf days, and. And you're doing that for, you know, the majority of your career. And then one day it stops, you know, and after that first lockdown, the lad should have had a, you know, a, a real taste of what it's like, you know, because they couldn't go and train. They couldn't go. go. The new. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They've got yeah. the new compared to what could be in front of them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Jackie, what were your thoughts on... on, on uh, on last year, I know we're trying to forget about it, like, but what were your thoughts on 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 last season? How this Celtic team crumbled? Like, it just seems like so many problems after problems at the club last year, wasn't there? Yeah, I, I think right from the start, you know, the, the lad born goalie, uh, it was you know three seasons, players not coming back fit, and I just think last year was like a perfect storm. There was mm-hmm. so many things, you know. Uh, even players that came to the club you'd think would do a terrific job like yeah. Shane Duffy would have been a good signing it didn't work out for different reasons you know and he's back playing in the Premier League now uh, like a different like, player Jackie like a different player again I mean when you get that people blame the manager uh, the manager gets to blame for that but you know it's it's, it's players handling handling the move handling the pressure I was in I was fortunate to go to a few games last year when when uh, I was doing the Celtic T V and it was it was a strange atmosphere, you know, the players just like a training match. So always I always suppose all they're getting afterwards, you know, when it's not went right is the sort of online stuff mm-hmm. rather than, you know, the crowd. Because I think if the crowd had been there last year, uh, they wouldn't accept the performances. Um you know, that it was given, it would have been a lot easier to to get the energy in the stadium as well to, to help the players. Help the players, yeah. I think um, that's something like we because we, we, we've only done a podcast uh, since February, myself and Mark and, and, and Mike, Mike, like we're only doing since February. But like that's what we were saying, like that the the Celtic fans would have got behind the team, Jackie. Or, or as you said, we wouldn't have accepted these performances. You know what I mean? We'd have been on the team's back, or we would have. I think if Celtic fans are there, they would have gotten a performance out of this team last year, maybe, do you think? Yeah, definitely. I think yeah. you, you can see that um, even this season, you know, at the start, mm-hmm. you see the, the first few games, you know, there wasn't a full capacity, but you can see the energy starting to come, and then the, the capacity builds up. You know, and it's no surprise that they've been strong at home, but we've struggled away from home so far. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. uh, so need to sort of get that right. The player, it's a, people say oh, it shouldn't matter if the crowd's here or no, but you'd say that the crowd are play, they play a huge part in it, Jackie, keeping the team 
would basically own their toes kind of stuff. Yeah, it's not not just the you know the the team, but also the opposition. The opposition mm-hmm. will look at that and you know terrified the crowd. It, it can intimidate them, you know. And as a twelve man, it's, I think that's more than ever. You could see that last year how important the crowd are. Did you did you ever go anywhere that was like intimidating you? Maybe, um, like that. Go, 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 a few thousand there, but you know they're great. They're great to to be involved in and be part of. Jack, I was going to ask you about that. What do you make of the last year dad and now the garden? What's happened to the fans? Big and like. I think it has. I you know I don't agree with it. You know on both sides. I think um, it comes. It just becomes something different. You know I think that's. It just creates a kind of uh, a hatred, and it becomes toxic more. You know, mm-hmm. it's part and parcel of history of going and, and supporting your team away from home and going going to the places. And I just think it takes away the that sportsman side of it. Um, I, I totally don't agree with that. It has. I, I was taking the whole effect as well as you said, there, Jackie. Um, like supporting your team, being able to go to away grounds and support your team as as a thing, and that's what it's doing. Like it's it's providing a hatred mark in this between the clubs, like because uh, the suppose what Jackie said. It's easier as from not the hatred in the. Yeah, I mean, Jackie, what do you think of that way? Uh, obviously, if you don't like to talk about it, that's fine. But uh, with Neil Lennon and Chris Sutton being banned for Ibrox other week. Yeah, I, I, I don't agree with that either. You know, it's, I mean, um, they're members of the press now, basically, really, and that's that's their job. Yeah, yeah, I don't, um, you know, obviously I don't know why they, they said it was a security risk. They should be able to handle or going into a, a lounge mm-hmm. or something, whatever it is, to go and do the game. But again, as you said, it just creates just creates a problem when there shouldn't be one. Jackie, is there? Would you ever come back into management now? I, I know you, you, you're taking a bit of time for your, for your health, but is that something maybe down the line that you'd like to get back into football management? Or um, I would never, I would never see never with it. But to be honest, I don't miss it. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I, I had a, a bad experience at York City. Uh, kind of, I wouldn't say it put me off the game because I would never do that. But it, it definitely tested me with it. I know it's mm-hmm. a different a different kind of setup down down there at that level, but you know, as I said earlier, the management side of it, if it's just taking the team uh, and trying to uh, help players improve players, then fine. But it's all the other stuff you've got to do that goes along with it. Which would you take, would you take the step down, Jackie, to be like, a, like working with youth players or that? Possibly. I, I mean, I'd, I, I did get a lot of satisfaction, you know, when I was at certain times at Patrick Thistle and uh, Dundee United when I was, you know, uh, working with younger players and watched their career go and, you know, 
starting them off and helping them on their way. Um, you kind of reliving your own. Yeah. At that point, you know, I did get some satisfaction with that, but again, mm-hmm. with everything else, it's you know, it's few and far between. Mm-hmm. And you've been busy, Jackie, the, the last couple of months, uh, be behind the computer screen, uh, writing your book. Uh, his name is Jackie McNamara. What brought you to, to write that book, Jackie, and the, the, your, your biography? Yeah. 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 Sorry. Um, no, I've been asked a number of times over the years to do a book, and I didn't think it was the right time. With you know, still involved with football, but mm-hmm. I think obviously last year when uh, what happened to me last year and different things, I had a lot of messages with people, um, the loved ones that maybe had, had similar situation to myself, and you know the brain hemorrhage or aneurysm. Um, you know, and talking about that, and obviously, I think what I've been through, and you know, I think it's it's good to put it down in uh, in a book and let people see what happened, not just with that, but different things in my career um, that I went through. Mm-hmm. Sorry, just feel you're on about the book, Paul. There's a link to the site to buy it below, and you're doing audiences as well, aren't you, Jackie? Up in the country, you've got audience nights booked as well. Yeah, get a few few locations uh, throughout Scotland and over uh, Thailand and stuff and uh, down south as well. So no, I'm looking forward to it. You know, it's I think one so far in in Greenock, the supporters club there, and it was a it was a great night. Um, it was just great to see people again and being out. Back yeah, back to some some normal anyway. Jackie, just looking at the. The current Celtic team, and we kind of want to get your opinion on 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 this. Like, and you talked about the teams you played in that you you had characters within your team. You had Maracic, you had Harrison, you had Sutton, you had Dan Thompson, and players like that. How you fear this team? Like that, they they, they lack characters within this, this this Celtic team, Jackie. Do you think? Um, I think that's they're kind of growing. You know, I think they're they're young. They're, um. I think it will take time to, to to find these characters in there. I think what's what's been evident so far is you know he's got a strong um, maybe thirteen fourteen. If you have a few injuries, a few injuries like we've had in this last couple of weeks, and you can see there's there's problems there. You know if we've not got the strongest team out. That's what kind of what we were saying as well, Mark. What it is the kind of the, the squad in depth isn't it that it doesn't there's no depth in the squad that's that's kind of my mm-hmm. concern is the now uh, yeah. just when we're talking about like perform but we're talking about sale Jackie what do you make of that pitch in Livingston do you ever play on anything as bad as that uh, yeah, I did it was actually worse than that uh, and, and uh, it was actually my old club uh, Dunfermline um, it was it was actually like tiles it was like a big uh, square tiles I put down like a greengrocer with her oh. uh, and we, did, we did, you didn't know what footwear to wear I mean that, I don't get me wrong the one at Livingston I don't I'm, I'm not a lover of uh, Astro, Astro anyway you know I, I'm not a lover of it but the one that Dunfermline had it at the time they all had it for a brief spell it was like a trial with UEFA or FIFA and it was horrendous um, you know you didn't know what it were boots or trainers or uh, so Martin, the manager, always 
complained beforehand and even after, even because you know when we won, so we didn't think people didn't think it was just because we didn't get the right result, even when we hammered them, you know, which we did a few times there. Um, you know, he didn't want to look for excuses, but it was a horrendous pitch. So you, you don't think that kind of thing should be like a top league? No, obviously. No, I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you, you look uh, down in England, uh, there was a few in the National League, and uh, if they were to get promotion, which happened to Harrogate Town, uh, they had to uh, go back to grass before they could get into the Football League. Accept them. Yeah. And it is, it is too, like Jackie. It's, it's a different kind of a, a ball game as well when you're when you're playing a national. Like, it's tougher. Like we only play, we say a half. No, when we were younger, national tough. Like, but it's actually tougher on the feet as well to, to keep the goal for ninety minutes on on those pitches as well, isn't this? Yeah, it's it's tougher. I mean, you see there how slow it is. I think mm-hmm. that's quite uh, quite evident in the match at the weekend. It slows the game down. Um, and the players, some players just get spooked by it as well. And, you know, I think it's not just the team just now. In the last two years, I think we've struggled there and places like Kamarnock. So, mm-hmm. and just, go, just going by that, Jackie, like, the, the, last year and kind of, kind of this year as well, we've seen Celtic kind of struggle against teams who kind of put their backs to the wall. But do you think maybe and should adjust his system? A base that that he that that, that he, he with we know he plays lovely football and when it's good Jack he's beautiful to watch and every fans wants beautiful football but there comes a time against kind of certain teams Jackie does he have to change it you think? Uh, yeah yeah I think he needs he will need to because obviously football's about problem solving finding solutions to win win the match you know and just keep doing it the same way and it's not I think you see more and more teams. Like Livingston at the weekend, you know, they're, they're quite happy to let the ball go wide and just cross it in because we don't have people in there that can mm-hmm. dominate in the air. And, and you know, and you're, you're thinking, you know, I think there's something like 40 crosses in the game. Yeah. You know, and Livingston would be like, right, that's, we're totally fine with that. We'll just let you, they'll not let them through the middle, you know, and uh, everything's going wide. Just, they're just encouraging it to go wide. Um, I don't think we've got a player a Yeti definitely he's not one that's going to dominate in the air and cross us in the middle we were talking about him Jackie and we, 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 we don't like sagging because we give every Celtic player the benefit of the doubt but how does a Yeti fit into Andrew's system would you think like that because he's so fast and a Yeti seems to be the type of striker that remember like an old uh, Oligon Assortia that he wants to be in the back or, or Rune Van Nistroyd or something like that. that that's what we think kind of a, a yes he is would you think that? Yeah yeah, yeah I think so I, th- I think we're looking at him in his game I think he's probably more suited to playing with someone beside him mm-hmm. you know and being, being like a, a second striker if you like because he's not he's not one that's going to uh, split the fence and go in behind and run the channels he's not one that's Fantastic at coming short and or dominating in the air. So, you know, I think he's he's a goal poacher. Um, mm-hmm. You know, he's he's very instinctive in the box. If something drops, he's he's a good chance he'll be there. But I think you need more than that being a Celtic player, um, especially if you're leading the line. Mm-hmm. And I suppose one player, Jackie, who 
who came in and look, it was a position that we, we struggled in last season. We, we played three goalkeepers last season. Uh, but Joe Hart has kind of really came in and, and put a bit, a bit of experience into that back line since he's come in, hasn't Yeah, yeah, I think he's been a good signing. I think, um, you know, I think it was important they got that in. Uh, um, you know, and I think he's, he brings a a good bit of experience, but also a calmness at the mm-hmm. back. And obviously, he lost a few goals recently, but on the, the whole, I think he's been a, a, a you know a real a real plus signing. And the fact that he's he's made him captain with the absence of Callum McGregor is, is says it all. It, yeah, it, it, it shows the Jackie the there the the experience that. Joe Hart is actually bringing him like like yourself like he's he's played in European Championships he's won leagues and stuff like that like you you can't buy experience these Jackie you know what I mean like and for the place that Celtic got him like 30, 33 it's a young age like still for a goalkeeper like, isn't it? Yeah yeah it's, it's, he's still got plenty plenty years left you know he's not I know he's not played a lot of football in the last sort of couple of years um, you know but like understudy, but he's still a, a, a top class keeper. Mm-hmm. Is there any positions, Jackie? Do you think maybe Celtic could have done with in, in the transfer window? Like, as you, like, um, you know, like we we kind of have a top fourteen players like that we can rely on. Like, but after that, we're kind of struggling, even with injuries we saw today. Like, you know, is there any position that you thought we you would have liked us to improve a bit more? Uh, yeah, I think looking at it, obviously, we've still not seen a few players that have come in there. So, mm-hmm. you know, I'm going to benefit of doubt. The other striker that's came in there, um, I think they said he could be in the squad tomorrow, although he might not start. So it'll be interesting to see how he adjusts as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, the young lad that they took from Shamrock Rovers, uh, Scales. Um, He's I a nice what, lad, Jackie. I actually watched him uh, in the European game. He was playing left wing back in the match. I know, I think the reports I had before were more of a, a left centre back in a three. But um, the, the game I watched him, he was playing wing back, and he looked, he looked like uh, you know a nice, a nice. Nice footballer in the ball, and you wouldn't think of Jackie being six foot four. Like yeah, he's six foot four. Like I watched a lot of the the League of Ireland here, and I I was trying to explain to the lads like what what type of player he is. Like like he can play football, Jackie, and he's fast. I think he would suit Andrew's system. You know, mm-hmm. be, 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 and, and he gives a different option as well, Jackie, because of his height as well. You know. Yeah, and then the game I watched, they actually scored from a set piece, which mm-hmm. we we don't really tend to do. <laughs> no, um, that's one thing we uh, we we kind of concede on the opposite end, don't we? Yeah. Set pieces and Gannis, uh, yeah, actually, I know them myself. Yeah, yeah. Um, Jack, what's nice. your thoughts actually on the 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 like football has changed over years and no set pieces that kind of gone into zonal marking and stuff like that, like. Back in our days, and maybe your days, it was kind of you marked the man throughout the game, and you stay with that man for set pieces. What's your thoughts on on this zone marking? Uh, I, I'm not a lover of zone marking, but, you know, and that's why there's a few teams that actually mm-hmm. done it. So we we'll started with zone marking, and you know, expressed my uh, disapproval of it um, for the obvious reasons, and 
think you, I think you can do zone marking to an extent if you've got a, a big team, you know, a, a team yeah. of giants. But if you've not, it, you're, I think you're just so open to to being bullied. You know, there's have to be a good corner. But if you imagine you're standing there and a the guy's got five yard running you to run and jump yeah. and challenge the same ball that you're that you're looking for, it's impossible. Yeah, you're not going to get the spring jacket that you need. You've, you know, you're standing still, yeah. Yeah, and they're they're coming at you at pace with power, um, and you've got no power as well to be on the back foot. So no, not for me. Um, and I think that's shown to be the case, especially last season with some of the the goals and not on the, somebody on the back post area, which which was criminal. See what mm-hmm. talk about that Stono Martin in that jacket, eh? You've probably read it and heard it yourself and things like that. Do you? What do you reckon about the problem at Celtic with the coaching? Is is it anything to do with John Kennedy? People seem to think because he's a, a, he was a defender, he's in charge of like the defensive coaching. Um, I, I, to be honest, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't know, you know, what what goes on and who's in charge of what or who's, um, you know, who sets up the set pieces, who's in charge of the set pieces. But I imagine, uh, you know, the final say will be the manager will dictate. Mm-hmm. And if he if he if he's looking at it and you know what I don't like that, uh, I want that changed. Or you know, um, <clears throat> so again, like anything else, it will stop with the manager. And if he if he doesn't like it, and I think he seems the kind of guy that so far, so I've seen with him, that he'll uh, he'll do that. He'll just speak his mind. Um, and change something, you know, you're not. It doesn't. He doesn't seem the type to uh, just accept uh, things. Coaches only do what do what the manager's telling them to do in the, in the training pitch, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, the set pieces wise, you know, you you the players will walk through that maybe the day before, and then they'll get it up in the board um, before they go and play in the match. So it's it's not mm. like a a big surprise to them um, when they turn up and. You know, the opposition are, are, are trying to uh, get one over them with the set pieces. Mm-hmm. Jackie, what, what, what have your thoughts been on so far? He, like he hasn't had the best to start. Played six, uh, one, three, lost three. Like there's already planned a few supporters kind of on his, on his back at the moment. But like this has been one of the biggest rebuilds, Jackie, that I can remember being being a Celtic fan and, and, and I've been watching Celtic since I was eight and I'm hitting 40 now, but this has been one of the biggest rebuilds that we had in a very long time and how do you think Andrew's fairing? Yeah, I think it is. I think, um, in fairness, I do think some of the signs that I've seen from him look encouraging. Uh, you know, and, and the way he wants to play, he wants to do things. Um but I agree with you. I think it's it's been a big overhaul in players, and you know, from the summer, and it does take time. You know, I mm-hmm. think it's the worst, the worst start in 23 years. Well, I was in the team yeah. 23 years ago. That had the bad start, and we went on to win the league, so didn't do too badly. Kyogo's a huge missing. Just yeah. I just want the team to play. You can tell we said it before on here. Kyogo's a kind of the kind of lynch, but everything was going through him under. Like earlier on in the season, so he's been a, a massive miss for us in these games. Yeah, he is. I think not just his his goals, but he stretches the game. You know, and mm-hmm. like if you look at the, take for instance the Livingston game there, um, he would have uh, uh, 
created more space for others by by looking for things in between the full backs and the centre backs or in behind, which stretches the game and it gives more space uh, for the midfielders or the number tens to come into little pockets and get at them. So, you know, a, a yeti will come towards the ball and then yeah. close it, and then you've not then you've just you've got no threat in behind at that point. It's just like kind of below Kyogre. Jack, it slows us down, don't it? The whole kind of our play is, is slowed down. As you said, they're like the, the the wing backs and wingers. They've no space to run into because there's no space mm-hmm. actually being be, being created. Like, but as you said, like you 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 win a team that had had one of the the worst starts as well. Jackie didn't have any went on to, to to win the league. Like, Ange needs time considering what he what what he has come into because like. The, the players that left Jack, Jackie, like in, like I, I don't think no club would have expected any any football team now, especially have so many players leaving at the end of one season. Yeah, and I think when he came in as well, uh, he looked at players pre-season, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I think you have to do that, you know. And I know everybody will say, well, we knew that he was not going to be good enough, or he wasn't ready, or whatever. But I still think, you know, you've got a duty there to to see if he can improve these players early on which mm-hmm. you know and in, in, in saying that you know he did uh, he did improve uh, Ralston I think in that yeah wow well, what a player uh, uh, he's turned out to be Jackie yeah. hasn't he Anthony Ralston hasn't he first yeah. so you know the other ones there that, but then it takes time to you know for him to assess the squad and say right I need this 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 and that I think obviously it'll not be until maybe after the next window uh, you'll see a real a real difference to this team. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mikey, do you want to come in landing there or be quiet at the back there? Yeah, like I said, it's just um, obviously it's been a bad start to the season, but I can totally understand the fans' frustration, especially because of what happened last. But to like lost play six games and lost three. I think any Celtic manager, no matter who they are, is going to be under pressure for losing three out of six. So yeah. I understand what the title football at Parkhead and Dundee, Dundee six and nothing, etc. But like after, like we were on the podcast after the eleventh game, and I was on. I personally felt like Celtic could have played their day and never scored a goal. And like what you said yourself about the forty crosses. Mm-hmm. I don't understand why they keep putting the ball into the box like you said because they've not got anybody up front that can actually like laugh and sit on their hearts and know what I mean that's going to actually win that yeah yeah I think that's too just why why Ange kind of needs to tweak his system a, a bit like a, against these teams because like, I always feel uh, watching football it, it's always harder uh, to play against the teams, Jackie, that, that are struggling for the points and who are going to put 12 men because they'll play the dirty game, wouldn't they, Jack? They, they'll do the dirty dirty tackles or they, they'll waste time like we saw with Livingston wasting time. Like, and mm-hmm. You have to learn how to kind of beat these teams. You know, you're not going to beat them the, the way you always play against Rangers or Hearts or, you know? Yeah, yeah. You, again, you, it's very important to get the first goal so they come out mm-hmm. you know, and they change mm-hmm. up their, their uh, game plan. But you could, as I said, there'll be more teams that will play like that against against us this year. You'll see it even probably starting tomorrow night against Wraith Rovers. They don't get an early goal, you mm-hmm. know, and it, it gives them encouragement and just saying, right, you know what, we'll, we'll just keep our 
keeper the ten players behind the ball here. I'll just keep them shuffling across. We'll let it go wide to the full backs, and then uh, we'll let them cross it in. They'll deal with the cross when it comes in. So it's, it's just finding that extra little bit, you know, to change it and and get the better of them. Right, as you said, there, like uh, giving other players a chance against against Wraith Rovers. Uh, one thing that we've been kind of worried as 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 Celtic fans uh, the last couple of years. I, I, Presume yourself as too being a Celtic fan, but with all these young players, Jackie, that are leaving the club at the moment, you know, like they're not getting kind of no pathway to the club. There, we've we've players coming out saying that uh, the Farrell Morrison that that moved to Bayern Munich, he said that Celtic actually didn't have a plan for him. You know, they showed him no plan, and that's why he left. Like it, it, it seems to be a big problem at the club at the moment, Jack. Don't that young players are, are leaving before before they even make the first team? If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Yeah, I mean it's difficult. I think hopefully it will be a bit easier now with the you know the B B team that they've got. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, playing that. Uh, I know it's, it's in the lower league, but I still think it is competitive for the younger ones to get games. Um, you know, the other ones there because there's so much pressure on the players. I think you've seen it uh, sort of last year. There's no way you could go and throw a young kid in that environment when you're trying to mm-hmm. chase 10 in a row. You know, and uh, I think you've seen it there at the start of the season with the Champions League games, the qualifiers with young Welsh and, and Murray. You know, yeah. The young lad, they're such a big ask for them. Uh, you know, and, and the pressure surrounding that, the importance of getting into the Champions League you know, it's, uh, don't get me wrong, it'll help the young kid in the future. But, you know, you, you just hope that uh, they'll learn quickly from it. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's the problem to have, though. You know, they, they should have a, a feeder team. Bad passing, that that's the crowd and the fans on your back, Jackie. It's just to help if you're only like, like a young lad trying to deal with playing with a club besides the stick. 
who make a bad yeah. make a mistake. It's so I mean that social media is I don't know if you use it much, Jackie, but for me it's a poisonous it's a cesspit. Just even even say some of the Celtic fans the way they, they treat other players and stuff they put on social media. And these young guys all see that as well, sir. This just says the pressure to putting a young guy into these situations, it's it's a big ask for them. It is, yeah, but in, in fairness, it's it's part and parcel being a Celtic player is handling the pressure that comes with it. You know, and that's that's for me that's what makes a makes a player handle Celtic is handling the pressure. You know, there's a lot of to a list of guys that were incredible footballers, but you know, the pressure of demands that come with playing for Celtic, um, it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. And, like Jack was saying, like, the pressure coming on Celtic, get uh, when, when he played against Rangers, like, he looked like a player that like, wasn't, wasn't phased by by the atmosphere at Ibrox, as you said, there you actually love the hostile thing. So, like, the players who have, like, we've always been saying that Celtic need to be in players that need to come in and, and make the first team better, but Ange has actually kind of done that this season, and he's kind of brought in players who are going straight into the first team and they're kind of making the first team better. Like the yeah. young lad, uh, Abidad, there, Abidad, he looks, he looks a, great, uh, a great sign for 19 years of age. He does, yeah. I quite like him. You know, he's direct and uh, he has a go. And I think the Celtic fans respond to that with players. They're mm-hmm. brave and they take people on. And, um, again, I, I think Yogo's uh, the biggest excitement. You know, I think that's a good sign that the manager has a good eye. He's seen them over in, in Japan and thought, right, I'm bringing him to Scotland. He'll, he'll do well for me. Uh, and he has. It's just, again, fortunate that he's injured. But you know, if you can get a few more guys like that uh, with them, I'm sure uh, everybody will be delighted. What do you think Kyogo's best position is, Jack? Ed, against Rangers, he threw him out the left to bring Edward in, and Ange mm. said that was kind of a, a mistake that he did. Do you think Kyogo's his best position is down the middle and open up that space around him? Yeah, could be. Um, you know, I like him in the middle. <coughs> or he could be in that three-row if you've got a big target man. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, if he if he had a free role as well, you know, like the the second striker or number ten, just roaming around with, with a freedom that he can go in behind or come short, uh, and you've got a target man that will stay in the middle. I think that would work as well. Yeah, that, that's kind of what you were saying, like the kind of exactly. a free role for him. Yeah, like, like Lubo used to do, Jack. You really into it. just let them go and play their natural game, let them go and find the space mm. in the park because I don't yeah. I don't think that's the the Jacko the great striker I don't think I don't think he's been brought in to sit on the bench of that Jackie so that's kind of my thing that Angie's going to have Kyogo in that number 10 kind of role yeah yeah, yeah I think that's kind of hoping as well that you know, the guy's going to come in and, and be that target man like especially if you look at the weekend Mm-hmm. Yoga's a, 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 a terrific player, but he's not going to win a lot in the air. And Cross is coming out of the box, so I think he needs help in there. You know, somebody that will uh, occupy the two centre backs, you know, and, and dominate in the air uh, with the chances. I think Ange as well, like you said there, Jackie, that he has a, he's an eye for Claire. I, I think Ange has got to open up a different. 
transfer market for, for Celtic, you know, over in Asia and, and stuff like that, that players that we don't know and that we haven't seen, like, because Kyogre kind of came out of nowhere. Like, only God knows what kind of players are hiding over there, Jackie, that we don't know about. You know? Yeah, exactly. I think that's. I think that's what I'm saying. I think that's a fantastic sign that you know that uh, uh, he's picked players up like that, and then he'll he'll get some more hopefully. Mm-hmm. And th- this season, Jackie, what do you, do you think? Once we get all the players back and and we better to get his system, he's because at the moment I think he can't play his best eleven because he doesn't. The, obviously the players aren't there but once everyone is, is fixed can, can you yeah. see Andrew's system walking Jackie and Celtic going on a, a run of games yeah I can actually yeah I think he's I think there's enough signs there early um, the players look a lot fitter and sharper um, and I'm sure he'll just be as frustrated as, as the fans enough to get everybody fit and, and on the pitch as, as quick mm-hmm. as possible you know, because the sooner they get back out, the better. And but I do think you'll need to maybe strengthen a couple of uh, a couple of areas in in January. Um, what do you make of you? You hit nail on the head when you said the young Murray and Welsh at centre back. I think it was against Nishan. How like, mm-hmm. it seems to be season after season after season that we go into the qualifiers. We're out like an established eleven, and we're out before it even starts. And and loads of telesports have been on here moaning about it and whatever. And we just kind of like try to get our head around why every season it seems we go in the Champions League totally like like the squad just doesn't seem to be good enough. Fred, yeah, we're yeah. teams together basically, aren't we? Oh, yeah, I think yeah, I, I think this obviously this one there um, is a classic example of it, obviously getting the manager in uh, later on. Different things. There's not been a lot of time there and, and getting the players that he needs. It's a mad rush, which takes time. But I think when you look at the years gone by, I think we've always struggled early on because the team's not ready, even with a established. You know, you see with Brendan's teams, they weren't ready. And getting beat mm-hmm. off teams that you wouldn't expect. If they played them a couple of months later on, they would beat them no problem. It's just because they're so so early on in the season, you know, and it is a big gamble at that point, right? Do you go and push it? But you're hoping now that once once he gets his, his team settled this year, you know, and hopefully it does well if it is the Champions League for next season, which, you know, confident it could be, then uh, at least he'll have his team set and ready uh, and fit and ready to go. It's such an initiative of the season as well, obviously, with the whoever wins the league right into the group yeah. stages. You know what I mean? That's, you're going to get a bigger incentive than that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think um, I think it's, it's such a big season. And I think, again, we need to still season at the weekend with Rangers uh, drawn at home. You know, I think uh, he needs to go on a good run now and have that mentality away from home, which is important. Like it's a it's a tougher league um, this season as well, Jack. Compared to everyone's like we we did put Derby back, we did we did Dundee Derby back. Like all the the, the big Scottish teams are they're back in the league. Like so, like there's going to be points dropped on both sides, you know. But Celtic kind of need to capitalise as well on, on on mistakes by Rangers this season, you know. 
Yeah, yeah, like the weekend there. You know, even the, mm-hmm. the first game, obviously the, the loss to uh, Dundee United, which is a bit of a shock. But it's that it's important that they're, they're going, uh, you know, take advantage of that, and especially the weekend there. Mm-hmm. Um, if we were talking about Dundee United, Mikey, Mikey's pals are all Dundee United supporters, Jackie. Is there anything you want to ask about Jackie's time at United, Mikey? What it was actually, it's kind of a funny one. So, um, he would, Stephen, Stephen Thompson would have been the chairman when you were at Dundee United, yeah? Yeah. So, yeah. when this is a bit of a funny story, so I'm actually, I did all the plumbing in Stephen Thompson's house and brought you ferry. Oh, I, right. I always found him quite <laughs> like a strange like I was in his house for about I think it was about a month and speaking yeah. to the guy I found him quite I found him quite strange um, mm-hmm. and, like the mate that comes on the podcast as well he's my, like I was at the Dundee Derby with him on Sunday start yeah Sunday and obviously I knew that he was going on and he was going to ask and how was it like working with him compared like I don't know if you ever met his dad or that or but like, like Stephen, uh, I mean, uh, I never met his dad. I've obviously heard good things about his dad. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it wasn't easy. Uh, he's quite a. Uh, I wouldn't say my relationship it was really bad to start. It was okay to start with, you know, but it kind of broke down after a while. Um, when my contract got uh, leaked and. But I, I knew, to be honest, I knew going up there it was going to be a tough job. You know, people had warned me about about Stephen and the club and different things. But you know, I had I had the lease and you know my remit going up there. Uh, it was a five year plan to get rid of their debt, and we've done it. We've done it in two and a half years. Albeit we had to sell a lot of the, the players, but the players, you know, we helped get them to that level in the, in the first place. But um, yeah, it's, it wasn't easy, but. Uh, I wasn't wasn't too happy how it ended there. Yeah, because that's what, because obviously um uh, you obviously um when you first came to Dunn United, like yeah. all the supporters were desperate for you to do well. And mm-hmm. I think ninety nine point nine percent of them are in agreement that you would have been successful if it would have had, had more backing from him. Yeah, well I mean again it, it's it's one of the ones that said when you, you've got that kind of debt, how does Dundee United get out of you know the debt that we're in? The only way they can do it is somebody else comes and buys the club and gets rid of the debt, or you sell your assets, which they had to do, but they didn't have the assets to start with. You know we helped bring them in. They brought in Robertson from Queens Park for for very little money, Nadir uh, Chelsea, and we helped develop the other players that were there. Um, but I think if you ask the United fans what's the best football and the best bit there, and probably I'd be surprised if they didn't say they really enjoyed uh, watching my team, you know, when I was manager there. Were you um, the manager as well when the old was it Armstrong and Mackay Mac- Steve Dawson? Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they moved to Celtic, Jackie, uh, you were the manager when uh, when uh-huh. they moved to Celtic as well. Uh, I was going to say, Jackie, you were talking about depth there, like, one club that that looks like to be in trouble down south is is a uh, Derby United. Ray Rooney yeah. just shows like how and then Derby how how the yeah I just say like how the pandemic has really affected teams as well. Jackie, this year like you've Barcelona, you've Real Madrid, like you know this 
it's kind of an end of an era for Barcelona, isn't this? Yeah. That's what I'm saying. You wouldn't think, you know, a great team like that with the history yeah. and the, you know, worldwide, you know, uh, publicity that they get, that they would have serious problems. with the fact that they lost Messi and a free, yeah, everything, you know, and it's, it's, it's difficult to watch, uh, you know, because obviously they're a massive club, they're a giant, and that's, I think that's the most important bit is the club, obviously, is there sustainable and. You know, don't do anything silly, as we've seen over the last number of years in Scotland. But that's been hit, Jackie, but these clubs like Barcelona, Real Madrid, now, they've just spent crazy money for years that basically they couldn't afford, and we mm-hmm. but them. Yeah. They're big, massive clubs in that, but, I mean, even when you were a manager in that, I mean, I'm not, we're not obviously one you get into it, but how would you feel as, like, basically another club was just out spending you and you knew that they couldn't afford it and nobody was going to say anything and they were just getting away with it. Yeah, I mean, that that, that was happening. Um, you know, because when I went into Dundee United, uh, like the previous manager, Peter Houston, had just finished there. I'd resigned, said he couldn't take the club forward and he couldn't live with the budget cuts. The kids weren't ready. And then we came in uh, and we worked with the budget cuts and we made the young kids, helped the young kids get ready. Um, you know, and we changed it all, we got rid of their debt, but again, we were treated like villains uh-huh. on the back of my con- contract. When we actually, when you look at it from the outside in, we've done a, a great job there. Um, what, you know, I, I think that's the disappointing thing about it. That's how I mentioned when um, Old Armstrong and Marky Stevens they didn't yes. replace them. How could they sell their two players in January and not replace them and expect the, the club to do well? Yeah, well, I mean, like GMS, uh, Gary McKeistine had, had just he'd signed a, a pre contract with Celtic, yeah, and, and Stuart had just, again, I didn't know I was losing Stuart. It was the last minutes of the window, so I had no time to get a replacement, and I actually tried to get Scott Allen from Hibs at the time, uh, but it was unsuccessful in that. We ended up taking a player in for Kamarnock I didn't know much about, just a panic. Because I was sure I just lost two players, uh, you know, and it was uh, it was it wasn't easy. But I mean, the, the full job at United wasn't easy. How hard does it, Jackie, to get in and speak to chairman or chief chief executives and like get money out of them, whether it's for players or something that maybe you think we should be <coughs> in some other aspect of the problem? Now, how I mean, what's the process? Are you actually in there? Arguing and fighting for for like transfer fees and wages for players. No, because I mean I knew I knew going up there what I had to do was to to try and use players in the academy, try and bring players in. Like you know that when I, what I did at Partick Thistle was getting young boys out from different clubs that had been released, give them that second chance. Partick Thistle was mm-hmm. was a wow. tough job, um, so that that helped me deal with that. You know and. My philosophy was most of the players that we had when we first signed them. You know, if you take Andy Robertson for instance, we took him from Queens Park. Could we afford them when we got him to start with? Yep. And could we afford them a year later? No, we couldn't. You know, but uh, because he went for uh, three million to Hull within twelve months. So that's that's the point about recruitment. You know, it's you're bringing players in. Lines into you, you're yeah. working to find lines. Yeah. 
the Dundee United, were you involved in like every process of recruiting players? Did you, did you uh, we didn't have we didn't, didn't really have anybody in recruitment, unfortunately. Again, this is the difficulty. We didn't have a, <coughs> a recruitment department or director of football. So it was kind of between the chairman and myself and whoever was there to pick players. Do you think, Jackie, it, it, it's important for for Celtic to start going down that that road? They they brought in uh, sports science down there, did they? But do Celtic need to like go with modern day football now and and bring in a director of football to to, to get uh, like a, a foundation in the club? Yeah, I think I think um, you know I think it's been talked about before. Yeah, I do think it's important to get somebody like that in. I think. Um, when you've got all these staff and you know uh, head of sports science and different things, there needs to be accountability. You know, accountability for the academy, accountability for the recruitment, accountability. You know, was normally just like last year, every day we blaming two people, which was Neil and and Peter Law were taking the flack. Um, mm-hmm. But there's there's a lot of staff in there. There's a lot of players in there. You know and for players not being fit, you've got head of sports science. You know, somebody could take that player aside and get them fit. Uh, it's their job as well. You know, the managers is shouldn't have to, uh, you know, uh, be pushing things for the players to make sure he's fit enough. That's it's maybe the days gone by at all, but not now when you've got all these people in there doing their jobs. But so, yeah, the, the managers. What was the sports science when you were playing at Chelsea? Sports science when I was there um, with a big lad called, well, it's actually two, it was Jim Henry, but he was more, you do like sort of strange conditioning work with us and take the warm ups with Tommy. Um, then later on, with a guy, Kenny, uh, Kenny McDonald, who'd been there a number of years, he was very good, but. It's not as in depth, you know, the, the GPS. All the data, yeah, that they have, no, yeah, yeah, all the data. Yeah. yeah, it wasn't as advanced as that then. And obviously, then it was your body fats and different things as well. But you know, I think it, when I was playing, it was just kind of starting off that side of it in the game. But it is important. And it is important. Mm-hmm. And Jackie, the the board level at the moment just just seems to be. Up in there again, we thought we were on a new road with uh, with Dominic McKay, but that didn't work out for for personal reasons and stuff like that. They do. How do you think the Celtic board go now? Do you think the sign Nick Singh's going to be the new CEO? Or does it look like that? Do you think? Uh, I would think so. Um, you know, the, I think it's Michael Nicholson in just now taking it temporary. We're not. He gets it full time if, if that's what he's wanting or the board to say, but. I think for uh, the peace of mind, yeah, I think we need to, to do something. I announce them um, in, in, in different departments if it's going to be our director of football or sporting director coming in as well. Because mm-hmm. it just seems to be kind of a shambles at the moment, Jackie, don't they? At, at board level, you know, that's what it does at Celtic, you know, there seems to be kind of a no direction or kind of no plan or something like that, you know? Well, I don't, I, I don't, I don't know obviously uh, why uh, Dom's left and you know why there's change there. Um, I actually had a couple of meetings with him and seemed a decent guy. You just hope it's nothing 
you know, yeah. uh, nothing bad that he's left her, but, you mm-hmm. know, unless she wanted the best. But, the, I mean, the club, I think when the team's winning, nobody really bothers about the board or anything else that's happening behind the scenes, you know, and that's just the way the football is. When the team's not going well, then, you know, it just puts more questions to that, uh, what's going on. Uh, so, yeah, the secret is win, win games and everybody's happy. <laughs> Uh, exactly. That's, that's exactly how. I mean, I used, we've got a wee forum uh, for this, Jackie, and that, that's where we all came from. But I said, even when we were winning the nine in a row there, I was always saying things about what was going on behind the scenes, and I used to get told, oh, you're just looking for someone to moan about and that. But you could see, you could see that Peter Law dropped the ball for the last few years, really, couldn't you? Um, again, if I look at last year, I think it was. It's a difficult one because you know what what they had done before the recruitment. They changed it all last year. I think there was such a um, you know a, a focus and a distraction maybe the ten euro. You know like mm-hmm. like said like you said Duffy. You know spending that kind of money bringing a, a, a centre half in and loan which wouldn't have happened four years ago. You know, mm-hmm. I think it was these these things were were done to try and just secure the ten euro. Yeah. Um, like Edward for another year and think. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, was Dembele went, uh, Dembele went the last bit of the window. But you know, the, the I think the club said they would. Can you imagine that Edward did go last summer, and and it still turned out the way it would. The fans would be going, they'd be the blaming. Oh, you know what I mean? The fans, yeah. fan, I've said that every Celtic fan was delighted last summer when the transfer window shut. Jackie we'd bought a five million pound mm-hmm. keeper. We brought in Shane Duffy. We kept Edward. We kept Christie. So you can't, mm-hmm. for me, you can't even moan at the board. <coughs> they did gamble on the ten in a row, but I just always tell Peter. Well, just I, I put it back to when John Park left. Jackie, to be honest, when John Park left, Peter Low kind of it just seemed to be the Peter Low showing. I keep saying it on here, it's like people that don't know about football are making decisions about football, and that's never a good thing. Yeah, I mean, with John Park, yeah, there's been a lot of sort of change in the recruitment side uh, in the last number of years. Uh, and obviously, I think it, it went as well at the end of the season there. Um, what the time he's going? Uh, that's terrible. But he just left uh, Matt, Matt Ham, uh, Hammond. Yeah. Hammond. Uh, so, yeah, uh, he just he's away now. Uh, so, so looking at right, who's who's going to be in now and making the decision. Mm-hmm. Recru- recruitment is hard. It is hard because you know the you can't just go and magic out Van Dykes every year. Yeah, unfortunately, you know. The, the, the like you said, there, Jackie, if if someone. Like you said there, like your experience with Dundee, like when Armstrong was kind of a, a last minute deal, and you mm-hmm. know you'd know it's remover in, in such little time. Like it's it's really always like if you don't have the paper the paperwork in by the deadline, you're and then you're going to relate to, as you said, Jackie, panic boys. You know, and I think that's what happened to Celtic a lot of the years was was panic boys. You know. Yeah, yeah, and you're also you know you're dealing with. England as well, uh, and it's mm-hmm. difficult to com- difficult to compete. Uh, you know, with the wages and the stuff they're getting, even with Championship, never mind Premier League. Uh, mm-hmm. That's that's difficulty. Um, you know, that's the difficulty the club's got. Mm-hmm. But Jackie, be, 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 before we go, and 
look, it's been it's been a pleasure for me to to talk to a Celtic player that I watched growing up and who I love watch growing up. Uh, just want to say thanks very much for coming on. Uh, best wishes with your health and whatever the future, whatever whatever the future takes for you. Uh, big 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 thanks, I suppose, the lads in the live chat here. Like we were actually buzzing to hear that you were you were coming on our, on our podcast. Uh, Mark, who kind of started all this, you know, we we actually couldn't believe it, uh, Mark. Oh, just again, just thanks very much, Jackie, for coming on, and hopefully we can get you on again sometime if you, you think we've done all Because right. this was this was totally our kind of comfort zone, Jackie, getting somebody on here. To be honest with you, uh, but thanks very much for coming on, and well, seeing as Mike, yeah, pleasure, Mikey's sitting there and he's a wee fanboy, Jackie. So I'll give him the last word to you, mate. Thanks very much, Jackie. Right. Thanks, do. Thank you. Just want to say as well, so I'm on the website for the book. Um, and noticed that you know, well, hopefully, depending on COVID, New York in December. Yeah. Uh, I get married. I get married on the third of December. And me, me and the missus are due to fly out on the fourth of December to New York for a week. So hopefully, oh, I, I hopefully I might be able to actually catch the show on the fifth of December when you're over uh-huh. there. So. I don't think your wife would be too happy on her honeymoon seeing me, but... Uh. <laughs> <laughs> There's no getting there, I think it's an anniversary, isn't it, Mikey? Oh, no, I got, I got married this year on the 3rd of December, then I fly out to New York, man. Be I didn't know that. Where, where did you go on your honeymoon? Went to see Jackie McNamara over there. Yeah, I've got a shot. My first date with my wife is Celtic v Hearts. We got in and her ticket was right behind a big steel pillar. You couldn't even see the park or nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Hey, Jackie, again, thanks so much. Really, I appreciate thanks it. Thanks very much, Jackie. Cheers, good luck, guys. Cheers, Thanks again. Wow. That was good, wasn't it? I was still alive. Knock us off. What? Knock us off. Are we going, are we keep going? Well, we might as well if you want for a wee while. Yeah, yeah. Wait, lads, there you have it, sir. Uh, Mike, you Jackie McNamara. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. Jackie, but I, I think he really gave us an insight, Mark, how, how it was like to, to play for Celtic, how it was to, to actually be a man, like the difficulty it actually is to be a manager, like what he said there, like lose the player chance for deadline, Mark, and you know what to, to remove us. You don't like, panic boys if he's related to you, you know? I was well. I mean, you said a lot of the things that we've all said as well. How mm-hmm. how things work with transfers and everything can change like that. And yeah, I really enjoyed. I, I really enjoyed that. You happy with that, Mikey, bud? Yeah, I was just like, I, I was also interested, obviously, about the whole management side because I thought he would have been a success in management, and that's why I wanted to bring up that whole Stephen Thompson thing because the guy's got a, like, he's, he's he's dad Eddie Thompson. It was done United as a loving legend. Ah, oh, he was a different, he was a different killer. Yeah. See the boy, I, I can mind all that going on, Mikey. Yeah, I'm just going obviously. I met him for about a month. It was actually my dad that was there as well. Ah, the plumber and his new house and that. And um, man, I've never came across. That's why I wanted to ask him because I didn't want to put him too much on the spot because obviously personal details and that. But I knew, like you say, when I met him, that he would have been an impossible guy to work for, like a. It's just a shame, like you say, because that part of Thistle when he first started as a manager, he did like 
he was one of the many sought after young managers in Scotland at the time. He moved to Dundee United, and Stephen Thompson basically killed him. Yeah. You could see there as well, Mark. You could see the what Tommy Barnes and like we, we spoke about Tommy Barnes last show. We did a podcast about him as well. How much Tommy Barnes had on Jack, but not just at the club but outside the club and, and how he helped away. You could see a bit of Tommy Bones coming through to Jack McNamara with how he was developing young players, how he, he actually took pride in seeing the young players progress in their careers. Like he mentioned Andy Robinson there, it's Joe Dabstrom, you know, the young lad McCoy, Chifty was another player that he said he bought she was a young player. Like Jackie has developed a lot of young players within Scotland as well himself, hasn't he? It's just, it's achieving within himself, like. Aye, but he seems to kind of get a kind of we kind of personal budget in doing that. That's when. Yeah. Surely, that... I mean, surely, if Celtic, if Gordon Strang's in there looking at their youth setups and that, surely Celtic can find a place for somebody who even has kind of experience and knowledge. Mhm. Exactly. You know, like, like to talk to Jackie McMara there, like, and I know he's been around other podcasts and, and, and stuff like that, Mark. But as you said there, like, this is uh, out of all comfort zone uh, doing this. Yeah, I, I, I admitted it, Paul, man. I was, I, yeah. and Mikey, I was pure up to high door, but that's we, we knew it was happening. Yeah. But before we, like, the way he came across, like, you know, we, we asked him questions and he was honest about them. He was honest about the club where it is now. Like, he knows we're short in players. He said we... We could still do another a few players, but he he admitted up there's a jangly chance window. But like he's saying, Mark, what what all Celtic fans are saying as well. Like we really needs calm for Ange to implement his his stuff that he needs to do. You know, like he can't do the full effect of Ange ball if he doesn't have the second players to do it. Well, you know, but even if I see it there as well. Kyogo's a big, big, big mystery. Mm-hmm. Just for the. Mm-hmm. I think for the full system that Angie's want to play, Kyogo's a big, big miss, but eh, eh, what's I going to say there now? Put the juice in here. <laughs> I move on. Like, even when he talked about <laughs> the, the, the experience of Joe Hart, you know what I mean? Like, he said there, like, it's not what he, it's not, it's what Joe Hart brings, and for him to get the captaincy after Callum McGregor, and he's always there, but that's, that, that's what we were saying with yourself, Barry, Michael. That's what Joe Hart and, and for a professional footballer and Jack McMahon to actually agree what we were saying, Mark. Do you know what I mean? You know, this is what Joe Hart is actually bringing to the club. You know, and to hear Jackie Mark kind of well, voice the same things that we were saying. Like, do you know what I mean? But he was you talking know? about uh, bringing in players like Chris Sutton and Hartson and that, that are like mm-hmm. personalities. Joe Hart's the same type of person. Mm-hmm. Do you know if Joe Hart will be that kind of person in the in the dressing room a big bit? I mean, I, I mean, I can't mean it was. I think it was one of the European games, and I, it might have been Mitchell and the op, one of the opposition players were kind of chasing Joe Hart about the park to get his his jersey off him. And that's, mm-hmm. I mean, that shows you kind of. I start as a big name player, but he's a big name to be in Scottish football. He really is. Mm-hmm. Back to the type of times when we, we did get down to England and signed look. English, good English. I just noticed one player he said, Mark, and I mentioned that uh, Celtic were always kind of being bullied off the field and we need the players like Neil Lennon and Alan Thompson. It was interesting to hear Jackie 
mentioned Alan Thompson that he was actually a big character when he came into the dressing room. You know, I think that's what Celtic at the moment kind of don't have. They don't have like uh, an Alan Thompson type player, a Neil Dillon type player. You know, someone who who, who would get dug in, Mark? Do we? You know, oh, I've said that as well, Paul. But listen, I kind of that kind of just physicality over the park, in my opinion. Every kind mm-hmm. even did, even Carlton Vickers could be the man, but but still, still no enough for me. Do you get what I mean? I don't mm-hmm. know if Julian can. I mean, I've always said I think Julian's a bit kind of powder puff and doesn't like the kind of physical side of things, but I don't know whether him and Star, eh, no Starfield, Carlton Vickers will be a, a good partnership, but. We need more physicality over the park. I mean, mm-hmm. we're talking about guys like Thompson, Sutton, Hartson, and Larson. Do, 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 even Petrov, mm-hmm. he's a he's a physical. Aye. Yeah. Going by like what impressed you most about uh, talking to Jackie today, Mark? Like, sorry for putting you in the spot, like, but like he he really like starstruck us, didn't he? Like he 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 came on genuine to us. He, he was a wheel. You could see why he's a legend at the club, Mark. Couldn't you? Oh, you know? just as I said, Paul, I've admitted that my you and Mike, you know, I, as soon as we found out this was happening, I was we knew it. Well, we knew it was happening. We just didn't know when. But I was, I was, I was shitting myself to be honest about it. My nerves were going and everything. But it's, I mean, I know you you do all your scripts and stuff, and that, but I just took it. We'll just. Keep do what we normally do and just see where the conversation goes and let it Because we would do you still things you things you want to ask them and, but you're not wanting to ask them questions that are out of order. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, I see that, if the lads don't know, like uh, my house is under major revamps and I actually had to move out of the house tonight, Mark, off to my sister's house to actually do this podcast because I didn't want the podcast to be cancelled because we had Jackie McNamara on and like as Mark said there, like and missed a confirmation that he left it. Yeah, a week. I, I, I left. Uh, I told my sister I wasn't going to her son's confirmation today. That I had uh, an important uh, thing to do in my podcast. What cause she didn't understand. As I said earlier, doing this was doing to John Paul. Mm-hmm. John Paul. Big thanks to John. Doing to John United Island. It was him that sort of all that out. And it was actually months ago. He'd, he got in touch about it and said that he could maybe get it happening, but then it was back that Jackie was going to be busy about September time, wasn't it? And don't, I mean, mm-hmm. fair play everybody that will go to done for September. I'm damn chuffed to bits, to be honest, Paul, that we go to Moon. I hope you lads feel the same. Yeah, mm-hmm. one, of the one of the questions I actually forgot to ask him was, it was when he was at Dundee United with Andy Robertson, if Celtic were ever interested in getting him, if there was any ever contact or, that would have been interesting to find out. Mm-hmm. And, even, and even like that, uh, Court Paul Leesway uh, for Jackie McNamara. Head <laughs> rice. Head rice. Go to life chat. Uh, Mark, what my wife say? Go to your sister's house to do the podcast. I know how it's important to you. You know, like what we do, Mark, and I think that the lads on the form now know, like that, like. We planned the podcast like 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 a week before, like you know what I mean. We're, we're doing up everything the week before, and you know Jack McMahon was kind of a, a last minute thing yesterday, Mark, when we kind of got the final confirmation, and you know like wow, you know it was it was amazing to to, to have him on, like you know, 
I think the Nubs have settled a bit. No one's. I, I think once you got talking to Mark, you could realise that. You know what I mean? He's a genuine guy. Like you, you could see how obsessed he actually was, Mark. How how he left Celtic. You know uh, how, how he was handled. You can you you could sense it all from that. He actually didn't want to leave. Do you know what I mean? He actually did want to stay at Celtic. You know, but as like no, he was looking after his family, Paul. We just. No, I mean, yeah, just that, reminded, that, that reminded me. That reminded me of um, Barry. Uh, Barry, when same situation with him when uh, when Dundee went into a uh, liquidation, Barry made a choice that he had to go and work. To, to sort of, like footballers' career mark is it's so short, you know. And people don't realise that. Like it's 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 so short. Like and you have to think what's best for you and. Unfortunately for Jackie, like he, well, when he you're, took a picture. Paul, when you're a young player or, a, or an older player, you're looking for like a bit of long-term security. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, if you're 24 or 25, you'll maybe sign a two-year contract. But if you're like 19 or that, you're maybe looking for a three- or four-year contract. And then I know it's going to be possible like young players at a certain age, only a year, year deals to continue. But if you're 33 or 34... And a club offers you a year's contract, and some do offer you a two-year contract on, I don't know, for just talking sake, two thousand pound a, a week less. You're going to take mm-hmm. the two-year one because you're the two years is getting you more money. Yeah, it's, it's more security as well, Mark. Isn't it? I'm saying, yeah, it's more yeah, security. Yeah, got to think because as Jackie said as well about when lock, the first lockdown came in, all these players mm-hmm. realised. Look, look, look! What I've got the new, and how we, when I'm retired, this is it. I'm stuck in a house. Yeah. Stuff to fill my days and things like that. And that's like when, when things mark like mental health coming as a, as a footballer. Like you know, what I mean, like that. Like Jackie said, there, like that's, you're stuck in a routine. You go playing football. You eat with your friends in the club. You go playing golf with them. You go for a drink with them, like. You do everything really with your football team. Uh, do you know what I mean? They're all doing it at the same time. If you're yeah, yeah. teammates and two guys are going to play a game of golf, you're going to go with them because if you're a footballer and your pals are, are, are welders or mechanics or something, they're not available to go play golf at one o'clock in the afternoon. So it's just, mm-hmm. just time with like, teammates and other guys involved in football at you maybe knew at other clubs previously and you became friends with. Mm-hmm. And Mickey, yourself, you know, you, you always taught us uh, the stories about uh, getting the sponsorship and your dad used to freak because he wanted uh, McNamara on the back of your jersey. How was it for you today, Mikey, to talk to your hero that, that you, you followed growing up? Yeah, like you say, it was funny as well because I was, uh, was quiet in the background, but at one point it was buying his book on the website. <laughs> <laughs> well, the while the podcast was going on, and that's what I'd also say to the guys in the chat as well. If you actually go and his name is martinamara.co.uk, and you can actually get a the one in here for a book actually, Mike, isn't it? His name yeah. is Jackie McNamara. I mean, that's a that's a good name for a book, like isn't it? And that's the actual website as well. His name is martinamara.co.uk, and you actually get a signed copy if you go on the website just now. Was that a signed mm-hmm. copy? Uh, the link for the link for the website's in the description box below the video, and that's a. Yeah, so. buy the book, it'll be a good book. I don't know you got a same copy like that because I've actually got in touch with John to ask if the, the 
lady that helped set this up, I don't know if it's Jackie's agent or that, I said, can we buy a copy and get it signed and get away as a, like a, just a competition pri- prize or that, but if you just give them willy-nilly open the website. I think it's just on, you can buy it from Amazon and that as well, but I think it's just on his actual website of the book where you can actually get a signed copy. So I think it's limited numbers that are left, but I managed to get it. You're virtual, like, Sorry? it would be nice, like, for, for, for a man like, and I thought like, that's why I said I'd ask him at, at the start, like, you know, how was his health and, and how was he feeling, like, because the, the man did have a bad scare last year, like, and, I think, you know, like when you have a scare like that, like and yourself too, Mickey, like, you you were scared the last couple of weeks as well, like and stuff like that. But it does put your life into perspective, Mark. I and mean, the, the Jackie think that now is the right time to write his book. Do you know what I mean? You know, like it does kind of change your outlook in life, Mark. I know I was in hospital myself, and I was in intensive care. Like it, it does change your life, Mark. Do you know what I mean? You know, that look, change your total outlook, even. Although my, it wasn't life-threatening, but even my, like my accident and things like that, Paul, but, I mean, I had to change everything about my life for then. Mm-hmm. Just as mm-hmm. you had to, do you know what I mean? And it, I mean, it's a serious thing. Mickey's life has changed since he came on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I send him wee gifts to Samantha, be witched, wiggling her noses if they're just hexing him and that, but everything will go wrong. He brought that he bought that Mercedes, he'll be driving out the door one day and it'll just blow up. Jesus Christ, the wheels will come off or something, yeah, yeah, yeah. Horses, bus, it'll just blow up. <laughs> when he was naming him, go on, Mike, sorry. I was going to tell Mark, say that he's about the podcast and yourself, about this run of luck that I've had since I started doing this podcast like this. And it wasn't until... <laughs> you have, like, yeah. Actually, I was actually thinking... Much, they're actually right, like, when you started uh, getting involved in the football, then then you does your leg before the game of football, and then you freaking think, like, I'll, 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 I'll talk about it on a totally different podcast, but um, obviously, I said I was looking into doing a charity game again for my mum for breast, like for cancer, because mm-hmm. she's going to treatment now. So, there's been progress, and um arranging another charity match for the end of the season and it's at a different stadium. I'm not going to say where it is, but it looks like it's going to be at a different stadium and it's actually going to be on a grass pitch. So Very good. Um, Very good. Good stuff. Uh, lads, before we go and, and, and stuff like that, um, when he named out the players like, that he's played with like just throughout his years, like the, even the managers, Mark, like Tommy Barnes, Martin O'Neill, Dr. Joe, you know, the freaking Tommy Boy, John Barrett, Tim Janssen, John Barnes, it was good and bad, man. Six managers and he, he still held down a position in the team. Yeah. And I know, I see when he was talking about Martin and he played him over the park, I can mind that, because I used to, I, think, I don't know if it was with wee Kenny that comes on, mm-hmm. Kenny or one of our other pals, I used to kind of argue with him, but... He's no, he's playing in midfield, kind of, do you know what I mean? Because he wasn't sure where he was actually playing until the game he started, but I, I just showed you how good a player he was. And your system, Jack Mark Mara would be the type of player that would excel in uh, Andrew's team, wouldn't he? You know, the, the way he's walking down the wings, marking, crossing the ball, like, I mean, 
I mean, with some crosses there, Jack Magnus prints that box, and like we we don't even have a player now to put a ball into the box hardly, you know. See if you look back, I mean, even I was at a quick look through like uh, Jackie's Celtic Wiki page thing the day, and mm-hmm. with a couple of quotes from his dad just talking about his determination to succeed. Mm-hmm. I think I think Jack, I honestly think Jackie McNamara could have played. He could have played at a probably higher level than the Scottish League. He could have. I'm not. Mm-hmm. He really could have. I know we talk about. Uh, I thought me and Mikey going about McGregor could play down in the top top end of Premier League and things like that. At the time, even then, Jackie McNamara could have done the same. Well, Mark, that's the, that's what that's what we we've been saying about players know with us know like that that could have, but but stayed because of their love for Celtic. And, and Jackie's another example of that. We Scott Brown, who's an example of that. James Forrest is another example of that. Cal McGregor's no that. And then you have. Players like like Jackie Coast, what what you were saying for 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 months, Mark, in the podcast. The players have a duty to the club. They're still conscious to the club to play for the club. And uh, yeah. the, the modern footballer, no, Mark, just dumbs tools like yeah. Professional, you know? right, Paul? I mean, you yeah. work, you go to work every day. If you do, if you go to work every day, Mikey goes to work. See if you go to work every day, earn a day in your job, right? You're going to get into bother for it, you're going to get pulled up for it, get warnings, get... but it just seems acceptable for football players just to turn up and no try a leg. Where's I said mm-hmm. all the time last season when we just started podcasting that, Paul, where is your, your own personal pride and just gain everything you've got? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. They're not knocking their melt in for £8 an hour of that, Paul. Mm-hmm. You get what that is? So, folks, uh, that's it for tonight. Uh, thanks to, to Michael, as always, coming on with us. Uh, I hope uh, he delights it tonight, that he'll sleep well tonight, dreaming of Jackie McNamara, and that he got uh, to talk to him. Uh, I personally uh, delighted. With stage bombing in New York. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe spoke to you on my podcast. <laughs> you know, uh, into like some fancy restaurant in the middle of Manhattan, and now we're going to see Jackie and like a <laughs> exactly, yeah, exactly. Well, Mikey, exactly. Just as long as you don't do any during the show, you'll be fit and ready for when you get back to the hotel. Where and don't be rushing because you know that cost from the podcast is still there. So Viagra uh, that night, Mikey. Thanks to you guys uh, for joining us. Uh, I hope you enjoyed uh, the special edition tonight with Jackie. Uh, I personally did that uh, for for me to to speak to a Celtic player that I grew up watching. Uh, it was just unimaginable, and I, I never thought I'd get this. Uh, this wouldn't have happened without Mark, you know, wanting to set up this podcast. So my my own special thanks to to Mark for letting me be on this podcast with him for right. having the chance to, to speak to Jack and Don't need to thank me for anything, Paul. You the podcast would be nothing without you. Mikey, Barry, you know, everybody joins in every night. We're on here doing this. You need, need to thank me all day. Push a few buttons. Push my buttons, mate. That's what you do. <laughs> <laughs> Mark, close the show for me. Right, thanks very much, Paul. Mikey, hope you've enjoyed that. Thanks, everybody, for joining the live chat. And remember, like it, subscribe, and if you know how to, please leave a comment. Hail, hail, God bless.
We off now. Two things. Two things. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. This episode of the Boz and Bovo podcast was originally broadcast on the Celtic Rumors TV YouTube channel. <laughs> 